You're listening to Red Nation Online. Andre Zadorozny and I'm Ian Clark, and it took us 24 hours to muster up any kind of discussion that was worthwhile after Toronto FC's weak display in Carson, California. 4-2 loss is actually flattering to the performance as it indicates TFC might have had some fleeting moments of offensive pressure, but this was not the case. We look back on the loss, if there was anything to draw from it, and the weekly segment is now, what's left to look forward to? That's what you have to look forward to on the next 35 minutes on Eastside Stand Up. <laughs> it's not very really cold in well, the September weather. Yeah, and back at uh, Stanley Park Studios. And, you know, we, I usually, I'm going to start it off with a sight and sound, but a sight and smell since we're at Stanley <laughs> Park. Because I walked out the door and all I could smell was freaking skunk. They which, run which this neighborhood. Hopefully, man. was not foreshadowing of what this podcast is going to be. I've like. yet to see any any uh, black and whites. No. And, uh, and of course, it's. Maybe because it's colder out. Yes, and this could be one of the last the uh, one of the last podcasts we do in Stanley Park, and, and as, as a tribute to Jerry Seinfeld and even Stephen, when I put on my coat, I found ten bucks in the pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. Excellent. At all. Yeah, um, but here we are. That's uh, probably the only thing looking up. Yeah, that we're gonna I be found ten. About. Hey, the only good thing about doing this podcast yeah. is I found ten bucks in my pocket <laughs> for my winter coat, um, and it's a day later, and <sighs> thinking about. This is going to probably go up Monday at some point. You know, will it be too late? But I don't think so. I think there's a lot we can still talk about because uh, we were before we were just discussing how you know it's the LA Galaxy game. The last time we played the Galaxy was in the Champions League. We're playing Aguila on Tuesday. There's a lot of ties, a lot of connections uh, between Saturday's game, Tuesday's game, and just the overall state of the club. And the first thing, of course, Andre, that I think we should talk about, and a lot of people were talking about talking about going into this game was how far Toronto's fallen in six months since the last time they're at the Home Depot Centre. Arguably the, one of the biggest wins, if not the biggest win, yeah. in Toronto FC's history. Uh, 2-1 over the Galaxy to go on to the semifinals. Book, bookending that with one of the worst games they've probably played in six months. Yeah. So between March, yeah, between March and yeah. September, um, probably one of their best games ever to one of, their, one of the worst games uh, we've seen, or uh, the worst state this club has of, been in over the last... One of the, the most difficult things to watch was that 90 minutes of football. Awful. And, and L.A. just... As L.A. ran that game from top to bottom. Top to bottom. And we'll go, into, obviously, into more detail of the specifics, but them, Toronto scoring two goals was the positive. They could have been routed 6 nothing, At least. Had Edson Buttle got that header on that. Um, Hall looked disheveled. He uh, the first goal was or the the first goal was yeah. just a joke. He was too far to the right. It was plainly seen in the replay and and said over and over again um, that he just wasn't playing his best. Yeah, um, I think the first thing I just wanted to throw out there before getting into the game was that point about the club six months ago and the club now. And 
how different it looks. Um, there's things we can ob- obviously. One one team was managed by Aaron Aaron Venter, the other one by Paul Mariner, but um, also in terms of some of the players that are available and some that aren't, and some that have been have been done so through injury and some by choice. I kind of want to get your idea of the impression, your impression of the team where it is now and the quality of the side. Do you think this team would be better if Coverman's and Fring's uh, was healthy, or do you think, regardless? of that this team would still be struggling as they were in the first 10 games of the season I think the team the team would still be struggling yes but a different type of struggling at least near the end of last season when Aaron Winter was solidifying his his presence in 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 the team we had positives we had players that were playing a decent game uh, scoring goals and uh, making making themselves heard that perhaps the future was rosy after all and not bleak um, this game reminded me a lot of the New York game several years ago, losing it literally in the last day, no playoffs again. Um, not as heart-wrenching, but at the same time made you think, where is this team going? And we we're talking about a half, a half a year, half a year from, as you said, playing some of the best soccer that we could play against a really good team. MLS Cup champions. Right. But L.A. had way more on the line today or yesterday rather because they if they had beaten Toronto which they did they would go on and clinch a playoff berth so which they did so both teams were playing for something Toronto obviously playing for pride and obviously playing for for uh, respect which it's just not 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 clicking with them yeah that and that's an inch that's an interesting point because I mean Paul Mariners brought that up in post game saying you know where's the fight you're playing for next year the most fight is coming off Paul, Paul Mariner Yelling well, and screaming like, coming like out a of jackass. Mouth. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I find that interesting because, you know, he's talking and we're hearing about it. A lot of talk, not so much action. We're not seeing it on the pitch. I'm the not seeing the team was limp. They didn't, it's, it's like they wanted, to, they wanted what uh, Frings got. Frings got an early, early, <laughs> early summer, <laughs> early, like, uh, early fall. Yeah. You know, an early break. Um, a lot of the team, I mean, Avila played a decent game near the end. Set up a goal. Set up a goal. Sorry. And, and, and Silva, you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. Silva. So, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, yeah. So there was, I mean, earlier they were talking about how Avila wasn't playing his best and Mariner was, had, had him benched for a few games and wasn't starting. But there's no consistency. The only consistency is mediocrity. Yeah. That's the issue here. Six months later, we've had such an up and down, up and down. And so it, I, I, we almost can't say that it's that black and white. Because nothing is as black and white in Toronto in the last six years, ever. <laughs> yeah. There's always drama. There's always politics. There's always something on and off the pitch, and and but that team, if we're going to compare compare both teams, yeah, the squad six months ago was was better, but I think the team we have now could be just as good, even without Kuvermans, even without Frings. Mm. I mean, Johnson was. Where was he? You, you didn't see him at all in most of the game. Yeah. You know, these guys have to be clicking and playing their best. Right. And they're just not. Yeah. And that's something I do want to get to. And I think I'll save it to after the game because that's that's a good point that, about how Johnson was situated in this game and how it just didn't look like – it just doesn't look like there really is any approach outside of a tactical formation. But let's roll into this game. Um, now we're here in Carson City – um, it's not a school night, yeah. so it's a full house. There's sold not, out. Not fourth f- sold out game of the year, I think. Yeah, yeah. and uh, the Galaxy are on on a huge streak. I mean, they'd gone, if I'm not mistaken, three league games without surrendering a, surrendering a goal, yeah. 
and five. Five undefeated. Five total games, yeah, undefeated yeah. in all competition. And Toronto FC sitting on uh, not quite as uh, abysmal nine game losing streak to start the season, but a nine game winless streak. And uh, right off the gate, I mean, it just is what it is. Like, there's that feeling out process, but you, you alluded to it earlier. 11 minutes in is all it took for the Galaxy to get on the, uh, get on the scoreboard. And sort of not, without breaking down that play too much, I think the more the question to be raised is, is the inclusion of Freddie Hall. Um, I'm even looking at this game saying to myself, I would almost be, I would almost prefer Killen Roberts getting a start right. and getting some experience. Sure. Even as young as he is, at this point of the year, I just don't see what benefit Freddie Hall brings to the squad because I, I can't imagine why he'd be back. I, I 100% agree. I don't understand where this Freddie Hall, all of a sudden Freddie Hall's getting all the starts. Obviously something's not being told. Obviously something's not being put out in the open. Obviously we're looking at possibly our starting goalkeeper for next season. And this is kind of get, uh, Mariner getting Hall to cut his teeth, so to speak, on some regular play. And um, he just showed that he's inconsistent and possibly doesn't have what it takes to play even in the MLS. I think that's definitely. What, what I came away from this game was, especially on that free kick, that uh, you know, you're watching the broadcast, you're hearing DeVos, who is, I think... He, that was probably one of the most astute observations, observations or and anal- sportscasting yeah. I've heard him do in a... Yeah, analysis. I don't because, know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, we all know DeVos, and he's definitely sort of on the side of Toronto FC a lot of the times. But sometimes, you know... A little you too just, passionate sometimes. Yeah, and some, but sometimes you just have to call a spade a spade. Yep. And you can watch him when he's setting up, and it's like crouching down and looking through the legs of his defenders, and, and you're kind of... And back I, and forth, left to I the mean, right, then right, 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 right. Anyone in Toronto, I would think, who follows Toronto FC probably follows EPL, Bundesliga, mm-hmm, sure. La Liga. I've, I don't know if I've ever seen a keeper do that. No. Um, and he made... Or the, at least a keeper that no, knows what he's doing. Yeah. Knows the basics yes. of goalkeeping. I'm not a goalkeeper, but I do know that your wall covers one side and you cover the, the yeah, other side. Exactly. So, I mean, right off the bat, you're 11 minutes in, and um, that's you know obviously a disappointing start. But I got to say, I mean, was anyone surprised? Is no. any, are you surprised at this point? I mean, it, it is. It's it's a mismatch right off the top. You see the starting lineup for both teams, especially with the Galaxy, who's had such a strong midfield for the last two or three years. And Toronto, who's, who seemed to has actually um, just been whittled down to, you know, their best player being Terry Dunfield. Yeah, and he it doesn't instill tons of confidence. Injures himself in the game as well. Yeah, but it, it, there's no the thing is with MLS is that you're not you don't get I would argue in the EPL or the bigger I would say let's stick with the EPL. Uh, I'm not going to speak for all the other other leagues, but EPL for sure. Every game you. You kind of have an idea what's going to happen, but you don't really. You can see a lot of a lot of crazy matches against bottom feeding teams and top teams, and the top teams losing. You don't get that in the MLS. Toronto stinks. Toronto's the team that's basically they're going to get run over. They're bottom of the table. That's where they'll stay, or bottom of the group, and that's where they'll stay. And for LA, if LA had lost this, would I would have been completely surprised? You know, because it's that it's that one dimensional. Yeah, and I think that's. The gap between the top and the bottom is really is really quite large at this point in the MLS. Yes, especially I mean, especially considering Toronto is the bottom. Right. Uh, I mean, you, you stack Toronto up with any of let's say the top five teams, especially those ones in the West, where you would say L.A., Seattle, Real Salt Lake, uh, even Sporting Kansas City mm-hmm. and Chicago Fire at this point. Yeah. I mean, 
I, it's hard to envision where Toronto comes out on top in any of those games. I mean, I, they mu- these teams must be looking at, at their schedule, and when they see Toronto, their eyes light up. Oh, of course. You know? even, even in Toronto. Yes, they say, at home, there's no more home advantage. There's a win. It's Fortress empty, BMO. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's covered in termites. It's yeah. over. Yeah. You know, there's it's an empty, empty, empty beyond field. So you're right. It's an easy way to walk in and get three points. Yep. And uh, again, on the road here we are in Carson City, and yeah. But I think I was surprised. I was surprised. Polar opposites. The fact that they scored two goals off deflections and with a little bit of gusto, and I was impressed. Um, but also surprised that they were allow they allowed LA to just completely run them over. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, then let's let's talk about the two goals that got LA into a, to a three 0 lead, because I think there's some oh, things to pull from man. both of those. Well, the first one was Juninho again, uh, incredible. And you're watching the Acres replay of that, space. Yeah, and it starts with again. I alluded to the midfield mismatch. Well, was Dunfield's involved in that. Yes, yeah. and you have uh, the other Brazilian. I, I hope I get his name right, Marcelo Sarvis. I'll edit that. <laughs> Try to get it the best. Um, and. and you know, just a ball winner, just a destroyer in the midfield. And then you have, you know, the talent of Juninho, Donovan, uh, Williamson, who's just came in in the last, I think, week or two. What's scary about that L.A., I don't think, and Beckham. No, he wasn't. He wasn't at all. No. So you have that, like, even Edson Buttle coming in, uh, Donovan. These are all, and all these guys have played in Europe. All the, a lot of these guys have played, have great skill on the ball. I mean, that's, it's a, such an intimidating such an intimidating force to go against. Yeah, these guys have have lots of experience. Quality. And that, the quality was shining everywhere. The goals, like the Juninho goal, was that spectacular. And it, it's something that the Juninho and even um, Marcelo in the midfield, I think, are interesting things to take. I mean, Toronto FC has tried this, but they've failed. And and LA has done this successfully. FC Dallas has done this successfully where they've brought a player in on loan from South America first to test the waters and see if they're any good, uh, and then been able to keep them on. I mean, Toronto, you could say, maybe sort of did that with Plata, drafting him and then then signing him on and then sending him back. Casado, as well as uh, Aceval. But, I mean, the player, it's just, there's something lacking there in their due diligence, obviously. Uh, Something lacking in the scouting, where... What scouting? Well, exactly. Where... Uh, LA lands a player of the quality of Juninho who's made, been such an impact player for that team and Toronto is sitting with Aaron Mond <laughs> Dunfield <laughs> Wiedemann uh, Reggie Lamb it's just you know your face is priceless when you say those names yeah, like his, you don't want to say them there's yeah, like you just, you just have something bad in your mouth and you're yeah, just like, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a sad it's face awful. I'm making it's um it's kind of like that. You know the face when you're like, that's unfortunate. Yeah, that's a, oh, that's unfortunate. Oh, what a shame. Oh. Um, but there goes the class. We're talking about class. Now, right. Six months Six months later, L.A. still shooting it in. They, they started poorly. Let's, let's be honest. L.A. Well, was yeah. starting pretty poorly in the they, beginning they of the had, season. They had probably They were humiliated almost, by the Toronto loss. Yeah, and they had almost as poor a, May, a month of May as Toronto did. Sure. Like, they were sitting at the bottom of the league. But what I think I mentioned in the last podcast... Uh, was that you know the question was posed at, when I was on the fan 590 and it was like you know LA Toronto both these places and I said well LA's got Bruce Arena mm. if I was a Galaxy fan I don't think I'd be so worried like I'd give yeah. him the benefit of the doubt that exactly. this guy just took us to his MLS Cup he turned this team around from three 
um, seasons without going to the playoffs to leading them to he an MLS Cup final. He has a coaching pedigree unparalleled yeah. by many, many well, coaches around the world. Unparalleled in North America, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Um, What's to be so afraid of? Nothing. And, and here is the, the proof is, is in this, this game where they clinched another playoff uh, playoff. He doesn't lose his job when LA's, LA ha- is, is losing, losing, losing face. Yep. No, they, they have faith in their coach and they try to make it work. And they have an organization to back that up. Toronto has nothing. Literally, we don't have anything. Yeah. We, have, we have MLSE. I mean, it all goes back to the root. You have to destroy the diseased and you have to get to the root yeah. of the matter. Yeah. Otherwise, nothing... It goes in circles. Yeah, and you can, and you know that Bruce Arena was a guy who came in and said, "I'm going to run the show." Hmm. Trust me. Yeah, I'll get it right. Yeah, and he has. Hmm. Um, and you were just talking about once again, you're bringing up the quality and to kind of get th- get the steps of this game. The next piece of quality, Robbie Keane. <laughs> you know, fed the ball in from Donovan. Hmm. Part part of the comedy of this goal, unfortunate comedy, and I don't want, I don't mean to pick on him because he. he Sounded like he was concussed. Might might have still been in La La Land. Yeah. Um, I mean, Eckersley yeah. was chasing, closing in on Donovan, turned around to get down to, to Keane, ran around the back, it chipped over, and he slight, he falls into the goal. I mean, he was any, everywhere in that play um, and just didn't know what to do. McGee, sorry. McGee, you know, got him full full in the face, yeah. knocks his head back, and he's out. Yeah, and and so on that on that Keane goal, though, we're sitting at 3-0 at 36 minutes. Mm. Um Toronto comes back a few minutes later on a throw-in, you know, deflects over it, and there's Dunfield sitting pretty. Sitting pretty. And heads and he, it in. And deflects it off uh, an outreached leg. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden it's 2-1. to one. It's 3-1. to 3-1. to one. Three to one. Uh, And then we get through the half. Eckersley comes out. Uh, I'm, trying to make, I'm trying to make this as easy. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. Well, try to make it. And you know what? We should just run through the game because I don't even... It's, it's just like, let's just get this over two with. Two to one, you know? three to one. Yeah, yeah, three to one. Toronto comes back uh, late in the game. Uh, nice play from Avila. Puts in a... Curls in a nice ball yeah. to Silva. Silva... Kind of gets knocked around. And yeah, but battles through. Yeah. Deflects it in the goal. Yeah. Three to two. And then in the dying minutes, once again, Robbie Keane completely undresses Ashton Morgan yeah. and, and scores it. And the one thing I wanted to say is you said there's po- you know, there are some positives to take from those goals, mm. although a lot of luck came from those goals. Yeah. And uh, the, the fact one, that L.A. hadn't scored more goals. Yes, and I think you know, a counterpoint to that, though, is it's, it's one of those games, and I'm trying to remember, I feel like this, it's a common thing when Toronto's overmatched where, like even against Chicago at home, I feel like if Chicago really wanted to mop the floor with us, they could have kept going. But 2-1 was fine. You think so? Yes. And I think... You think LA, Chicago has that much class? Well, they have that much more class than Toronto does. Mm. And I feel like the L.A. game, Toronto was, was lucky it wasn't more than 4-2. to and But L.A. didn't put the stops on. LA, LA went out there. Right. And, and like I said, when it, it was 3-2, to two, mm. they made it 4-2. to two. Mm. I just kind of feel like, yeah... There might be something to grab with those goals, but I would just be careful sure. how much you hang on them because it wasn't like it was through uh, you know a period of 15 minutes of dominated possession. No, I understand that uh, totally. And and and, and, yeah. and a complete assault on goal where the pressure was mounting and mounting. But if and I mounting. Was, if I was Bruce Arena and I was going back in the locker room, I would be upset that they scored two goals. Oh, for sure. Right. So that I mean that in itself would say that LA is demanding to have won that game at least get to get a clean sheet at least come away with four or five goals because they were uncontested for the majority of the game yeah. and the fact that Toronto could push their way in and I think LA was getting a little lazy 
in that back line, allowing that kind of jumble, that you know, jumble of players and jumble of the ball, innocuous throw-ins. You should like LA shouldn't allow goals like that in. Yeah, they did. Yeah. So especially a team that's been built uh, with such strong defending. Exactly. Exactly. So and and so that's the bottom line. But they did score two goals and. I sat there and I'm watching this game and I'm thinking, what am I going to talk about with Sparky? What is it possibly that I can speak about? It's tough, eh? And I didn't want to be an asshole. I didn't want to be negative because I could, you know, easily. So that was it. (laughs) Two goals was it. Two goals. He scored two goals. And, you know, that Avila played an okay game in the second half. Yeah, and Silva was all right. Silva was all right. Silva continues to look like he can be an MLS caliber player. And grow. I mean, that's exactly what we're trying to see now is where the growth is. Because season's over. Um, Next week is as good as over, unfortunately. Uh, Let's be honest. (laughs) Put the cards on the table. If the team can't, comes out against LA. I mean, again, we can, it's the same argument of, oh, Champions League football, Toronto. They really go out to play against Champions League teams and yada, yada, yada. But I don't think they have it. I almost wish the Guzman was back. What a statement! Unbelievable. What a statement. Um, because he would be somehow leading, probably be the leader. Because look, who's everybody's gone? <coughs> All the leaders are gone. Well, and, and let's use this. Let's let's use that as a segue to maybe that's the way Paul Mariner wants it. How do you mean? This is his overhaul. This is his rebuild, and he's been here for eighteen months, uh, and has probably said to himself as he's sitting there watching Aaron Vinter build this team. I wouldn't play that guy. I wouldn't sign that guy. And some of the guys that we've seen him sign have been right, right out the door. And the rumors are true that have been floating around. Uh, you know, we've, we've sort of been hearing things released, obviously, since Tom Anselmi was named president at MLSC. You know, I, there's a view from the Stout Sands, which is, which is a Toronto Sea blog, kind of put out an article, I think it was last week, um, saying in an MLSC meeting, uh, you know, it was sort of set up that it had Colangelo, Burke, and Earl Cochran wow. kind of set up as the triumvirate of the, of the three big teams. Um, word is, is that John Molinaro already said it was CBC. I think after meeting with Anselmi, uh, Canadian Soccer News uh, has sort of reiterated it that it looks like Mariner will be back for 2013. That makes sense. In, well, in what way do you think that makes sense? Because it's Toronto has been under the shadow of consistent unilateral change. Now, change is good, but not the way Toronto does it, <laughs> right? Toronto does change in a panic mode. Ah, lose. We're losing. We're losing. Fire. We're losing. We're losing. You know, there's no, there is no buildup. We haven't, Toronto hasn't built roots since season two. Season one was a throwaway. A lot of happiness, a lot of futons being thrown on the field, a lot of glory. <laughs> futons? <laughs> sea cushions? Sea cushions. All right. Um, but <laughs> the futon giveaway. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> so, um, but my point is, is after the second season, they kind of got enamored with their own reflection. So, but every time there's a bit of panic, it's not Europe where, where every time there's a panic, they change. At least something grows out of that. Mm-hmm. You know, not every team, but majority of them, in my opinion. Yeah. In Toronto, it's not the case. You've got a clash of big business and bureaucracy dealing with a grassroots homegrown type of philosophy which is completely clashing all over the place like two symbols so what do you do how do you how do you appease the fans if there aren't any fans left those that are left that's an important one how do you appease those fans well 
Mariner wasn't awful. Mariner did inherit, you know, a leaky roof. So let's allow him to stay the course. They did the same thing with Aaron, you <laughs> Aaron know, Winters. You know what? I want to take that metaphor, though. <laughs> he inherited a leaky roof and then proceeded to break all the windows. <laughs> Mariner? Yes. With kick, his yelling and kick gesticulating? Out, kick out the door. Yeah. Tear down the roof instead of patching the roof. I see. You could, I could draw. I could draw. I could add so on. So you're, your you're like saying that. he's more dictatorial in that he's going to create his own house rather than just inherit the, the house that you already sure. Have. Okay. You know, you can look at you can look at a fix it up or and, and fix it up, or you can just tear, tear it, down. it down. So how is he tearing it, it down, though, Ian? Well, I mean, he has gotten rid of a lot of the, the, the core players or the, uh-huh. the, the, the sort of impact players that we saw from six right. months. I mean, six months ago, we've talked about the beginning of the players. Mm-hmm. Like, who were the, who were the big players that made an impact in those games? It was Nick Sulzma, Yael Plata. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julian Guzman was a good part of that. He looked, Julian Guzman right. always looked good in, in the Champions yeah. League games. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we had uh, Richard Eckersley at right back. Only, you know, just to start. Uh, even Eric Avila mm-hmm. was featured more That's under true. Aaron Vinter. So... He definitely has, his, I think, his idea of what, how he wants his team to perform. Getting back to the point where you were saying it's the right thing to do, the only way I would have answered that was, it still, it still sticks with me. It just kind of, just feels off center that you know he wasn't brought in first as an interim manager because he still has that position under, under Winter. No, after Winter. after Winter. After Winter was brought in as the interim manager, um, still as with his role as a director of soccer mm-hmm. operations so that they could do a proper search. So they, they could look at other people. Because so we, ha- have him as a, as a transitional coach. And he's still with the organization. Yeah. And as much as... Like he was under Winter anyway. Yeah, as much yeah. as I'm, I'm not a huge fan of, of his to begin with, to me that just seems like the more... That's the normal protocol with a football club. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw that with Chelsea and Di Matteo. Mm-hmm. He didn't earn his position until he won the Champions League. That's right. I mean, that's the standard that was set. Yeah, that's a good point. And here's Toronto's standard is... Losing the Champions League. And losing, going on a 10-game winless streak. Right. Or, or, or going on, <laughs> or you could say, going on a, a, a mediocre run against the bottom half shitty, of the table. Yeah, shitty teams. Has earned you an extension through to 2013. I just, you know, that's just, that's the reality of the situation. It's, but you're damned if you do, damned if you don't, because here we are, of course, with the revolving door of coaches, right. and right. it's it's getting really tired, and it's and it is ruining the reputation. But I, I just at a point where you're like, it doesn't make a difference at any point. I think no. I think the bottom line is the team, the organization, even if it means another head coach, they have to start doing things right. They have to start setting this club up in the right way. And if that means, you know what? Okay, we're going through coach eight. In, in six or sure. seven years. Yeah. I mean, you need a coach. So be it. You know, if that means Toronto somehow, you know, is able to sneak Dominic Kinnear from mm-hmm. Houston, mm-hmm. so be it. Right. Right? To get this team on the right, right. track. But, a pl- but see, Dominic Kinnear is a, is, a, is, a, is a coach that we all understand who's listening, right? We understand Dominic Kinnear. We didn't understand Aaron Winter. We didn't understand even Paul Mariner. Right. Like, we get coaches that no one gets. Precky, Precky was... I Perky was the only MLS, you know, MLS experienced coach that I believe we've ever had. So, and even he cocked it up with his arrogance and attitude. So, but yeah, but I think it, they're, they're, there's big changes afoot coming, yeah. right? Business, especially on the business end with Rogers and Bell Media getting involved. So, 
how does all of the gerrymandering and all the back uh, the backdoor politics affect this team? Well, I think we're seeing it. Yeah, we're seeing with promotions that shouldn't shouldn't happen. Mm. Um, we're seeing <coughs> Paul Mariner in your, in your opinion. I will agree with you in everything you've said, and you've kind of switched me over to maybe believing that Paul Mariner isn't isn't the right choice for this team. It wasn't my goal. No, I know, but I will say <laughs> this. I will say this. I understand both sides of the of the fence. Yes. I understand how MLC is looking at it, saying, okay. Paul Mariner is a jovial man. He's gesticulating on uh, on his center stage there. He likes Wear to yell. Shorts. He likes to scream. He makes obscene gestures to the crowd. He's English, so you know whatever that may mean. But it is someone that something that gets obviously gets along with 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 the board. Obviously gets along with MLS. Obviously gets along with his staff. Obviously, etc. So they're going to keep him. Seems like a nice man. So maybe he's got some good ideas. Maybe this is something again. They're not a very transparent team. Right? Yeah. Toronto's never been transparent. So we never know what's happening. So maybe he's given a good impression and he's going to stay. Yeah. But Aaron Winter stayed. Yeah. So what happens if we go 0 and 15? Yeah. I mean, what if we went, what if we finish the season? What, what if this stretch ends without a win? It's not even it's not even so much about Mariner. It's about who is coming into the team. Who wants to play for Toronto FC? Sure. Nobody wants to play for Toronto FC. And we see of who we have. This is our team. Our team sucks. <laughs> Spark, <laughs> let's look at it straight in the face. It, we suck. We're an awful team. And nobody wants to play. No one wants to play with us. No look one wants in, to play ball with us. Look in the mirror and say it three oh, times. Oh, God. They want to go to L.A., all the European players. They want to go to Montreal. I mean, even Montreal hey, has something. Danny Califf would rather go to Chivas USA than Toronto FC. Right. and he's publicly what does that said it. Right? Yeah. So Mont- at least Montreal is more attractive. It's European. They speak French. There's cheese. There's, you know, <laughs> there's, there's Italians. You know, they get, they're, they're plucking City Ad players like cherries. Yeah. Right? And, and it's working for them. So far. So, so far. Season one. So far. You're right. Let's not get too far but ahead of this. With Toronto, with Toronto, Montreal, you know, we, there's always comp- competition. Yeah. Right? Anyway, but my question mark, I don't know. We'll see. It's yeah, more who's coming into the team. Well, yeah, and right? that's that's a question for is 20, Springs coming back. Twenty thirteen. That's not know. a guarantee. Cooverman's or awful injury. Is he coming back? I almost don't want him back. I, I say get yeah, rid of him. You said that before. I you have said, said that. You I said, said that, that day after. You said that six months ago. <laughs> we have to move on. Not six months ago. You said no. that probably three months ago. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, literally the day. I think I said it the day the next pod after he got injured. <laughs> But you, you said it before. I have probably. Yeah. But you can't. Like I'm saying is that we have to move forward, and we need that change. We need to get. A proper scouting. You've said it all along. We have to look at South America. We have to look at Central America. We have to start thinking we're a team that we're not. Yeah. I mean, the blueprints are out there throughout the entire league for this team to follow, and they just can't seem to can't seem to do it. Yeah. It just seems that they've done their own thing for way too long. Mo Johnson did his own thing. He got fired begrudgingly, I'm sure. And uh, and MLSC has done their own thing. Yeah. So now it's and even even going outside and, and, and looking for others to help them that that didn't work. Yeah, um, got Frings, but ultimately Frings isn't Toronto FC. He's he's literally he's on his he's on his end days. Yeah, playing fo- professional football. So yeah. um, we need someone who is uh, solid and focused. Yeah, and we'll wind this down. I think the last thing to look at is you know as we're talking, we're kind of like tying a nice you know kind of trying to come full circle here. Uh, the LA Galaxy, you know, drawing a comparison to two March and this Tuesday heading into El Salvador to take on City Aguila again on the away leg of uh, our Champions League run, which, you know, after the the home loss to Santos Laguna, the way it's set up this year, I mean, that you lose a game and you're pretty much out. Yeah. 
Um, especially if you lose a game at home, mm. uh, I should say you're pretty much out. So we're going to go into El Salvador. What do you think? How much are they going to lose by? I think it might be a draw. Really? To be honest. I think they'll lose by two goals. You think so? Yep. I think it'll be a draw. I think they could still beat that team. Um, I, I, I mean, Aguila was, they were terrible. It's true. Just, they, 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 were, they were terrible, but weren't they just beginning their season? I yeah, think they were. Like five games in. Yeah, they were. But, I mean, they uh, Santos Laguna went into into their home stadium with 800 fans on hand. Hmm. So we know that won't be a factor to start and beat them 4-0. Now, of course, we don't have the offensive potency right. or even defensive. We don't have the potency across <laughs> up and down the field right. uh, we, yeah. at Santos Laguna. But I do think uh, if everyone's fit, the team is motivated. I think you could. I think they could win the game. How much? Right that's a lot of motivation to go in there. I mean, you're right. They have nothing. They literally have nothing to lose. Yeah. To go. But into they really this don't game. have much to play for because it's it's going to be tough at the end of October. Right. At the end of October, when this MLS season is pretty much done, I think the next game is in in Torreon is in October 24th. Mm. The last the last two games there. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's, it's going to be shocking, I think, to see what they come up with for that yeah. game because they'll they'll played. They'll be in the last week of the MLS season. Yeah. I mean, it'll be done and dusted for them. Yeah. Um, how far how, will they have fallen at that point, and then have to go play Santos Laguna in Mexico? Right. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. So I think we're we're this is it. <laughs> this is it. We're looking for 2013. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We are. We are. And um, the team, the, the team kind of seems like it is. But that's too. the thing that like, we, were, we were kind of alluding to, where it's like you know, Freddie Hall doesn't look like he's the deal. So why wouldn't you give like there? There has to be give us something. You know, last year when we knew, you know, Aaron Vinter was like, it's a rebuilding season. We're not going to make the playoffs. Right. This and that. Well, we saw Oscar Crodon get his chance. We saw Matt Stinson get his chance. Yeah. We saw Daniel Henry get his chance. Ashton Morgan got his chance. That was something I think in, in a shit season. I think that's something the supporters kind of grabbed on you that they yeah, said, "Yeah, like you trust." This is a Toronto boy that I can that I can support. Right. This is something to look forward to. Right. Give us that. Yeah. You know, just give us that little nugget. But that, we've just said that Mariner has torn down the house and is building it his own in his own image, <laughs> yeah. so to speak. So um, maybe he still has some delusions of grandeur that this group that he's chosen yep. will will play in maybe week something in, week out. something we have yet to see. Will, will magically appear. A genie? Yeah, a genie. <laughs> a genie and a lamp, that's yeah. what we need. Um, but I think, you know what, uh, we, could, we could go on forever, Andre, uh, yeah. about the state of this We're going to try to take it one game at a time. <laughs> yeah, we're going to try, you know, we have, hey, we've got another month to spread this oh, out across uh, and hopefully try to, like, uh, throw in a few, like you said, those two goals tonight, you tried to find something positive to. to talk about. You have to. So let's hope. Tuesday night, there's something positive to talk yeah. about. Saturday, when we play the Red Bulls in New York, <laughs> I'm you know what I'm just just click because you mentioned the five nil game, and then last year we played there, and that was a five nil loss as yeah. well. We're in a position. Isn't Thierry <laughs> Henry like on fire? I think so. Yeah, they're yeah. What are you gonna do? Sit tight, guys. Uh, I just it's sad to be the the, uh, the kicking post. Yeah. Of a of a league that's that's kind of set up to set be, up to be. To, for for equality. Yeah. For every team to kind of have yeah. a shot and it's like yeah. Toronto doesn't have a shot. It's it's strange. It's almost as if we don't have a team. We have I don't know what we have. But you can't you can't you can't bring out the team that you brought out against LA 
that's humiliating. Yeah. It's just it was sad to watch. Yeah. It was like watching someone just give up. Yeah. Oh well. Before it really started. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I've always said this: we should have just not played this season and just <laughs> rebuilt. I said this. Oh yeah, this yeah, a bunch of times. Done it right. It's just Generate. completely just said, "Hey guys, we're not ready. Yeah, <laughs> we barely had a preseason. Yeah. We had, you know, we we need we need space. Use right. Downsview that Downsview Arena all the time, yeah. and can get hire new people. Just just close up shop, like like in Seinfeld, <laughs> like when Kramer sh- unplugs his uh, his little stage there and his. <laughs> hey, there we started with Seinfeld. We'll finish it with that, Seinfeld. You know? uh, okay, so then on that note, Andre, uh, we'll be back Tuesday night. Whoever's on hand will be on hand, but we'll try to put something uh, together uh, as Toronto goes down to El Salvador. Um, That's Tuesday night. Yeah. yeah. I'll be around. All right. Well, hey, Andre, you, me, the listeners, if they're still out there, uh, we got Spark on the north side, Clark RNO on Twitter. Andre Andre on on the lake side. Yeah, on the lake side. You can't get him on Twitter. You can maybe find him on Facebook. (laughs) And uh, we'll catch you in a few days. Eastside Stand-Up is the only Toronto C-specific podcast breaking down the game right after it happens. We want you to be involved. Reach out to us on Twitter through hashtag ESSU or at Red Nation Online. You can email us at HaveYourSay at Red Nation Online or info at Red Nation Online. Get into the discussion on Toronto FC through Eastside Stand-Up and Red Nation Online. They don't understand you, but you are here.